Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Wait a minute. Are we, yeah, Are we going now? Yeah, we're going. We're going. We've been going. We've been going. Lucky here. It's the Pat and JT podcast. Pat and JT podcast. Okay, so now say it live. It's the Pat and JT. Hey, here. it's the <laughs> Pat and JT podcast. It's uh, season two is going to be coming up in like a week. Our three hundred and sixty sixth episode. Yeah. So you got to change that. I got to send you some stuff. Yeah, yeah, send it to me. My kids are on there too. Both yeah, yeah. They, they probably, probably sound, their voices have changed, haven't they? Uh, yeah. <laughs> working with them, they sound better. Yes. <laughs> I that would be make awesome. some money, Matt. Yes, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> wait, wait. No, we don't pay him. Trust okay, me. No, yeah, no. I was going to no, say, no, no, hold on. All right, yeah, we got a, a studio full of people. Yeah. So, okay, so, so Scotty, talk about you guys. Scotty's been on the show before. Oh, gosh, years. A lot, yeah. yes. Yeah. Okay, so talk about what's going on right now on our show. Because you're kind of to blame for all this. Yes, it's your fault. You're the yeah, connector. Uh, right yeah, Scott, now. the marketing director of Performance Mountain. Go ahead and talk about it. Yeah. With it's, CEO. Hard, it's hard to get a word in when you've got a Navy SEAL commander. Right, and yeah. And you've got an NFL player Whoa. and a retired one and a uh-huh. the very best at what he does with elite mindset training, Dr. Larry Whitman. Yeah, they're all here. They it's are very all intimidating. here. Just to clarify, I had a problem with talking well before I was a Navy SEAL. It's like a chronic problem I have. <laughs> okay. In front of people or just talking in general? I talk to myself a lot more than I talk to people. Yeah, she does too. Whatever. Actually. <laughs> and Jeff, we had you on Good a while ago. We, Dan, we had you on <laughs> yeah. too. I and mean, we've had you guys yeah. on before. So yeah, and you were, yeah, you're, the episode we had you on what, a couple of weeks ago was awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Thank, thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank Danny, you, did fans. you talk to yourself too when you were, uh, did you talk to yourself a lot? I don't know if I talk to myself that much. I have a lot of stuff going on in my head. You don't say it yeah. out loud? No, never Even say when you're it by yourself? Even when I'm by myself, no. That's she, like how I work she, out. I work she out. She legit problems. talks. I'll, I'll be in my office and she'll be have com- straight on conversations with herself. I just, I, I literally just else. have golf thoughts go through my head. All <laughs> That's just what it is. And I can't get it out of my head. Golf I just, thoughts? Golf thoughts. Yeah. They call them swing a, thoughts. Yeah. Or swing thing. thoughts. Well, I saw on your Instagram you were shooting like uh, wedge shots into your curtains in your basement or something well, a couple weeks ago. You know, the thing hey, is, hey, someone, we someone don't talk about that oh. Someone, someone thought that the, that was yeah. my basement. That's my bedroom. That's the master bedroom. <laughs> your wife and like that? Is that? She just doesn't even care. Like, She's like, like what, what's she going to do? Get <laughs> right. mad at me? What's she yeah, going to do? Like, it just happens. It's part of the game. <laughs> You Why know? don't you just tell them up front about your swings on the way to the bathroom? Oh, yeah. You I might as well know about it. Well, that, that's something that I deal with is if I have to go to the restroom at night, I'll go to the bathroom, and as I'm walking back to the bed, sometimes I'll look in the mirror and I'll, like, go through my routine of my swing. Is that, <laughs> really? Is really? that not normal? No, that's fine. Yeah. Is, that, is that not, is that not normal? <laughs> I mean, like, that's just okay. something I deal with every every <laughs> day of my good. life, can every I, minute of my life. Yeah, I can get it. I'm trying to be great, guys. <laughs> yeah. I still Gosh, check to dang. make sure the guns are loaded and hidden where I have them. <laughs> I make sure that I can still draw it good enough. And since I'm not as good a golfer, I mean, I ha- I'm a golfer, but you're a little bit 
in a more advanced stage competitively. So it's dwindled for me, but yes, I too have suffered from that great disease. It's a t- mm-hmm. it's a tough thing to are you a deal scratch with. Golfer, yeah, yeah. Are you, yeah, Jack? I'm not there. Getting close, close, Getting closer. Yeah, I'm not there, and that's why we hang out with the doctor, right? Yeah, he's right. A psychiatrist. Well, they already know I'm a scratch putt putt golfer. <laughs> <laughs> You're there laughing. He's being See, dead serious. He understands your yeah. pain, right? Right. Yeah. What is, is yeah. yeah? And the putting is the most it, important part of the whole game. There is, but I mean, seriously, the difference between that right? there's. At least I've never seen a clown on a real golf course, like oh hitting a clown's mouth or like to? a windmill. They're usually playing right yeah. behind me and hitting <laughs> into me. <laughs> but there's no windmills. Um, there are no green. windmills of putt-putt. You know that. Well, I don't know. Like What, what is putt-putt? The right? funny story, like deep history of Performance Mountain was, so Doc has told me this over the years, and I'm only envisioning waterfalls windmills a big dinosaur and then like little (laughs) cups you can go in that go through some tunnel and go in and then he's telling this story and i'm kind of like ha ha oh that's interesting and of course we're teaching high performance to people right but it had its place and it made sense and then one day he's like no like real putt putt jack oh yeah that's right i forgot wait i am there is only one putt putt oh no there is like championship putt putt. Is there? And Doc I know that. is world class at that as well. Really? Well, there's one on 90th and Maple. There used yeah, to there be. Is. There, it's still there. They as far ha- as I they know, they didn't have windmills. Yeah, there are no clowns. No, no. Clowns. no. You're right. I remember no. that one. Yeah. It's all, and putting. That's the, like I said. That's the most important part of the game. It's the hardest part. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. 90th and Maple. <laughs> <laughs> It's right behind that hair place. No, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that brick building and uh, there's a gas station somewhere that, in the vicinity. Is that the I, only putt-putt in town? Well, they closed the one on 90th and Center, I believe. So okay. I think oh. they shut it down. There's so. Boulder Creek, oh. which is, I mean, there's a... There but, is I mean, is that miniature golf or is that putt-putt? It's, putt. it's uh, miniature golf. It's yes. not, yeah. I mean, it's, there's not a clown, difference. but there's like you shoot like into a windmill. So, it, yeah, yeah, that's not you see what it's like yeah, sitting yeah. in between these two? Right. I can imagine. You are correct, though, is that... Once you learn to swing, putting has a big impact on the game. For sure. Yes. And Doc, what has been interesting is he was great at putt-putt, and he uses a story to talk about losing his composure, where somebody in the crowd was like, if he makes two more, he's got the course record. <laughs> and Doc, at that time in his life, was like, I totally melted down. No, wait, this is on a putt-putt course. Oh, a this crowd? is real life. There was a crowd? Really? I mean, what's a crowd? <laughs> it's relative. It was a tournament. Oh, there were a lot oh of gosh. people there. It I was a tournament. I there really were, didn't know there were there lots of people. Tournaments. Well, back really then, don't you remember the 1970s and 80s? They had them on Sunday mornings. Oh, she for sure does. I'm you know, <laughs> you know, they have majors in. Uh, they did have majors in. Oh my five. gosh, they did. No, yeah, I, I knew a couple were there of professionals. <laughs> were there sponsors? Were there on TV? Big purses. Well, the winner for the big, the big prize at the end was like twenty thousand. I mean, so that's what? big. What? It wasn't Holy big smoke. golf, but it was. That that's, is a lot of money. In the 70s yeah, and 80s, that's a lot. What were they getting TV? in bowling at that time? About right? less. Right? Less. So there you go. Come on, people. I mean, 70s and 80s. Think about it. Yeah. How far ABC would 20 grand go? World of sports. Right? Born in the middle Agony of the Agony of defeat, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, my God. Yeah, and we teach performance. And you know what? Danny's joking. He doesn't think about golf all the time because I just heard him do a four-hour seminar where he actually talked about performance and what it takes. So really? we did get you to come off golf. Yeah, but I mean, for a while. 
I, I didn't confess, but I was thinking about golf while I was up there. <laughs> so, I mean, did I forget about it? No, I didn't. I, uh, yeah, were we talking about performance and leadership and all that? All that jazz, of course we were. How many times when you were not on stage were you on your phone looking at something golf-related? Give me a percentage. Why are we bringing this up, man? <laughs> you so brought 80, it up. 80 plus percent, uh, probably. I, I don't know. I mean, the audience wants to know you. What's in you know? What's in a number? You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, was I on my? I don't know. Like, so are you excited? What was it? Top golf? It's going to be here in Omaha. Oh, what in the uh, spring? I mean, I mean, I think it's going to be cool. I've never I think been it's top golf. Be awesome. I would. Like, have you been? You haven't. I haven't. But the thing is, for me, I don't know how much I will go there. Mm -hmm. Not because I'm above it, but. Like they're at Miracle Hills, they have this thing called Top Tracer, where that's you're playing golf like a round mm -hmm. instead of just having the. Now I've heard that they might be doing something like that at Top Golf too, but I'm I'm more of the traditionalist when it comes to golf. Now if my wife wants to go on a date and there's some couples that it's like people that don't play golf, for sure I'll go. I mean yeah. I'm not gonna pass up a time to go play golf in some instance. Have you had a hole in one ever? Never. Never? Either of you guys? I got an eagle. You had home one? Yeah, I've got four yeah. of them. Really? Did you really? Well, I mean, on putt-putt? Putt-putt. Putt-putt. <laughs> Maybe. That's fine. Okay, oh, yeah, I got okay. a one one Whatever, that's oh, fine. Doesn't matter. Go. Okay. Doesn't matter. You have. You have, Scotty? Scott? No, I have a question. Oh, oh. even better. I'm like, there's no hey, way you had a hole in one. How many you had, Scott? Oh, zero. zero. But I just wanted to ask zero. a question. I, mean, I feel like I'm in kindergarten. Zero. I need to put my hand up. Zero. Zero home ones. All right, this is for Danny. Why golf? Why are you obsessed with it? Uh, be maybe because I'm, I don't know. Maybe I, I love it and I love the challenge. I love the, it's a sport. It's competitive. It's something that I can put my football, like passion into without getting, knowing that I'm going to get like a torn ACL or a, <laughs> you know, you, a broken ankle. And you don't ankle. need anybody else to compete. You yes. Because you're always competing exactly. against yourself. And, and right? it's, and it's a challenge yeah. to me. Do I, I do feel like I'm somewhat gifted in it. Now, am I a professional? Not even close, but. And Nick Baugh said you're great at everything. Basketball, golf, football. I so. appreciate that, Nick Baugh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, 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 all sports, I've, I've really been pretty driven at. It doesn't mm -hmm. really matter what it is. Um, I think I, I just try to put my competitive juices to whatever it is. And, and golf is something post-retirement I can do and stay healthy and you can get better and you can always get better and you can do it for however long. So it's, yeah. it's mm -hmm. something that I've put all my, whether it be obsessive OCD tendencies that I use for football and I've just kind of put it into golf. Did you start playing before you left football? Were you already, yeah, playing? I had already, I had already, yeah, I've, I've played since I, the first time I played was like eight. So oh, until wow. high school, I played quite a bit and then high school didn't play much. College didn't play a lot. And then once I got in the NFL, I started playing more. And, you know, it's kind of something, in some ways it's very relaxing, but in some ways it's not. So it's, I, I am at peace when I'm out there, but I'm also, um, I'm striving to be really, really good. And I have no, I have no interest in, I know I'm 35 years old and I, yeah, am I going to play professional golf? Am I going to be on tour? No. Um, but I, I'm like striving to be great. I have no interest in being okay at it. Mm -hmm. Like 
So this year I got uh, last year I was like a plus or I was a three. This year I'm a plus one, and it's like well, every I just want to continue getting better, and I don't really. Care. Some people will be like, oh yeah, but once you get in the pluses, you know it's really hard. Well, I, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> you know what I, I right. mean? I, it's it's obviously going to continue to be hard, but I have interest in being great at things, so why not try? Yeah. That's true, but your game is not relying on anybody else. That's exactly. The, that's the thing and I, and I, and I really I, like about it. It's I, not relying on anybody else's game. I, I do. I do doing. love that. I yeah. love that part of it, and you can compete with just how you were in the past. True enough, right? Why golf for you, Commander? <laughs> well, are you good? Nick Baugh did not say I was good, so thanks, Nick. Nick Baugh's a great guy, just, though. Thanks, I Nick. mean, let's not put this on Nick. Had, yeah, yes. right. It's not Nick's well, fault. Let's just say but yet. Yes, yet. yet. Yeah, yet. Have you played right. with Nick yet? Nick ba- no. Okay, well, so then that's, yeah. that's why, and you haven't played well, basketball or football with him, right? Still, I don't have that stamp of approval. Um, <laughs> we'll get that for you. <laughs> no, um, I, yeah, I've been very passionate. I was introduced to it young as well, and um, you know, but didn't play it to learn the game, so to speak, until I got to college. And uh, everybody beat me. They beat me really, really bad, and it really pissed me off. Fire you up. So, yeah. from like a – if you beat me in something or something like that happens, I pretty much have a life vendetta. I've decided <laughs> I move the needle. That's like, fair. oh, yeah. I'll just push the game to lifetime now. Right. <laughs> to lifetime. And, right. You sound fun to play. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> – I'm just making notes of my foursomes coming up next year. <laughs> right. So that was the, accidentally that, do that was the initial driver and the driving force. So, uh, yeah, so I started to teach myself how to play in college. And then uh, as fortune would have it in the Navy, I found some guys that were as passionate about it as I was. And it's one of the probably uh, less off-duty crazy things you can do that will cause guys like me as commanders <laughs> to do paperwork on you on Monday morning. So um, got into it, competitiveness drove it. And then um, like Danny, I mean, if you really get into golf, I mean, it's unattainable to be perfect at. Um, you can play the course, you can play yourself, you can play against other people. Is that why people get so mad when they're, because, you know, because other, like basketball, you shoot for a three, you miss it, you don't, you don't break anything like but when in golf <laughs> but you, you let you the team down. something <laughs> like you, you throw your club into the like people rage when and the only person it hurts is them yeah right. that's the thing doc is probably so can angry. give you the science behind it i i would say that one i think a lot of golfers coming from competitive sports go through some phases like that because it is difficult at first and then as you continue on and mature in the game you figure out that none of that helps you you have to get it out yeah but mm-hmm. In the end of the day, yeah, it's just I'm chasing me. And like in Danny and I's case, we've come from team sports. It's kind of uh, liberating to just be on your own team, mm-hmm. right? And um, and so, yeah, I mean, I've said it before, like the best I was was in my late early 30s, late 28s. Like I'm still chasing that version of Jack to get back there. And then, you know, I have goals. And so, again, it's just chasing this process. And to me, like it's hugely therapeutic too just to – you know, I figured out the anger thing with golf a long time ago. Now, every once in a while, I'll still huck a club or something, and I don't like that. Well, it's just kind of fun to do that. Well, yeah. Time. Right, Doc? Right. Yeah, Doc. Okay, but, what, what do you read into that? But, yeah. It's, <laughs> but, yeah. Stop coming I mean, it's the process. And then in Nebraska, we're blessed with a lot of guys that really are passionate about golf at all levels, and you can find competitive games, and we kind of have our own golfing circle. And, um, 
It's just a great way to be out in nature too. I mean, sometimes like with all the injuries I had and Danny's had some too, like for me, you know, walking a golf course when I do it, mm-hmm. that's perfectly good. Like I'm trying to live to be however yeah. darn live long I can live. Mm-hmm. And uh, so for me, like golf is literally like therapy. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking about um, giving a seminar. We're talking about mindfulness practices and I have to do a more active form of meditation and mindfulness. And so believe it or not, like when I'm in a good state in golf, that's my always go to. So there's a lot of reasons I golf. It started with competitive vengeance. It moved to let's be the best we can be. And uh, we meaning the mouse I always have in my pocket. <laughs> like I'm sounding like a tour guy. Like we decided to hit six yeah. iron there, you know, <laughs> like I'm just playing fire thorn, getting another eight on the hole. Uh, but Yeah. And and I'll tell you what, like I have a huge addictive personality. I don't hide that from anybody. And golf is a healthy addiction for me. Like Mm -hmm. it's a much better of choices that are out there for me. Do you guys play every day if you can? I mean, obviously in the winter you can't, but in the summer every day? Yes. I I didn't start playing until much later, like about 10, 12 years ago was when I first ever played in my life. And I had a mentor that I played with that taught me how to play. And he was one of my best friend's dads. And he's a really good scratch golfer. And he taught me, he'd take me golfing every day because he worked part-time at a golf course and he was a teacher otherwise. So we had Mm -hmm. all summer, right? And he worked part-time at the golf course. So he'd have me come out every day. I'd go, I'd meet him and we'd go do nine. And, you know, get after me like I couldn't hit my, my, my fairway woods. I couldn't hit, you know, and he's like, if you're going to learn if you don't effing use them, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, but I can hit my five iron so much better. <laughs> like, if you don't use them, you're not going to learn, you know. And so he got me over that hump about, you know, fighting yourself. But it was every day. It was like there was a time there. I was like, that was all I wanted to do. Was just well, go out and play. I also say like in what we <laughs> teach in mental skills, like you can't be <clears> – <throat> the best version of yourself as a golfer, like you're constantly battling your own mind in golf. And I think some of our elite shooters talk about the same thing in SEAL team, but I, it's just, I love this quest, this struggle, if you will. Um, and it replaces a lot. And, uh, the other thing I love is that like we can all play with different age groups. So normally as we grow up, we're just with our peers and yeah, our peers are great. But, I mean, golf, you can play with young people. You can play with older people. You can find competitive can find, games yeah, and the it, conversations yeah, the that go on. That's like, yeah. I love it. Can right? you tell me who your teacher is? Because can I tell you about my teacher? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, the sad part is I haven't played for a few years because he passed away. Oh. And, and it was sad because it was way too soon. And um, I've had a hard time getting back out there and playing. He was, he was, the, he was part of my love of the game. And I still want to go play, but I just haven't found that person that I can have that connection with. Don't be, have it be Jack. I was going to so, say. So let me tell you why. <laughs> None I, of these guys. <laughs> I took the liberty once of filming myself. Out of, and I, I'm like oh hitting God. the ball really well. It's yeah. Like, get my phone oh, good out. Thing you said that. Like you no. just said filming myself. And I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> we were talking about golf, golf here. Hold on. <laughs> golf. Whoa. Okay. I'm filming my golf shots and okay, I'm hitting okay. them as well as I could hit them. Okay. And I send the video to Jack and I said, I want you to see what I'm doing. And he writes me back, well, other than the 34 errors you have, <laughs> the ball was actually traveling very well. Then he went on to text me oh, about no. five or ten pages of everything I did wrong. <laughs> by that point, I was defeated because I couldn't hit it any better. And I'm like, what's my chances of it. ever being able to play See what I 34 said. errors? I said, he says, I'm amazed you can even get the ball back to square face. <laughs> He says you have really good. He says you have really good eye hand coordination. Is that what mm-hmm. you told me? Because he said you should well, be able to get it back. Putter. Yeah, yeah, you gotta right? have hand eye right there. Yeah. He says mm-hmm. I shouldn't be able to get it back to face. Well, you know what I see though? I see a friend. 
Like you're not lying to him. Right. Like, Danny, you whoa, can't you're fix terrible the problem. At that. <laughs> Let's right. fix that part. You can't <laughs> fix the problem unless you identify it. Now, part of the other problem is he's talking to a guy that has like 17 or 18 flaws in his golf swing <laughs> and pretty much <laughs> Even if I don't know what I'm talking about, I'm just going to tell you what I think. Because yep. at least I'm trying because I'm a helper. Yep. And, and I honestly, I'll apologize. That, I didn't mean to defeat you. My but friend. it is kind of the best thing because you're right. Because that's the same thing that Butch was his name that, that he would do with me. He never sugarcoated anything. If I was messing up or jacking around. Thank you just, for the perspective. I'm right. And I, it was like that helped me tremendously. Because you can. Yeah. If you want to get better, you can't, right? Yeah. I want to give Doc the opportunity now. Um, so the science behind both of these two amazing humans that played at the elite level at what they did. Why, why do you think they take their obsession from there to golf? Is there any science behind that or anything how about the creature of being elite? Well, cause both like basically team team back to a sport where it's about the individual where you can, you play against the course. It's about you, right? You were on a team, a team, and then going to a sport where it's about golf where you focus on yourself. That seems kind of unique. And it's also something you can just never perfect. So I Mm -hmm. think the challenge of chasing what I call chasing excellence. Mm -hmm. So every once in a while you catch perfection because you're never going to be perfect. And the challenge of, I think, compared to the other sports, meaning a 16th of an inch off on your technique in a sport where you have incredible rotation and angles, it completely changes your shot from a shot you feel like is a professional shot to a really terrible shot, thus the breaking of the club. Mm -hmm. It can go (laughs) so quickly from being on task and you have one little tweak that you can't even feel where three, you know, if you're shooting a basketball, if you're going to start shooting air balls out of the blue, there has to be a pretty big flaw in your technique in that moment. But in golf, even the best might not be able to figure it out. You watch it on the pro tour all the time where they're, they're just in the zone. They're Mm -hmm. shooting 65 one day, the next day, you know, for them, it's still a great game. I mean, for us, it'd be a great game for them, but they'll shoot an 80. They can't figure out their shots. It's, it's crazy to me when they can't yeah. hit the fairway. That's what it's I'm crazy to me when they can't hit it, the fairway. I think it's, it's like them, you know, and I'm like, me, I get it, you know. But <laughs> I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And, and you see the frustration, huge. It's just got to make their head explode. I don't think there's a lot of science. I just think you have competitive animals here, right? And you're chasing something that gives you that same kind of fire, something to chase, to go after that's hard, that you never completely get down. Like I would imagine for the most part in football, most of the things that you had to do, you got them down in such a way that you were able to do your job and keep a job. Yeah, You know, and same with you. The techniques that you had to do to shoot and cover, you had it down to perfection because if you didn't, there's a cost. Golf is a game of constantly chasing, and I think that's what drives a lot of former elites at what they do to pick up a game like golf. And conquer it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Conquer, I don't know. Fall Ah. fall down the mountain is a better. Yeah. (laughs) Fall down, get back up, climb, climb, fall down. Climb, climb, climb. You, 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 <laughs> you hope you don't fall as far as you did the time before. Right. And, and the right. great thing when you, as you know, like when you play with groups and you get to know people, like the human tragedy that occurs in a four-hour round with four people playing is like, again, you know, truth is stranger than fiction. Because yeah. it's just hard to hide from the game. Yeah. It's hard to hide from the emotions and what's going on. Even if you're on your best day. There's something. And so I kind of also enjoy it because it's like pure comedy, right? I mean, pure <laughs> right. comedy happens on a golf course. Sure. Once you can get over looking, looking in your mind bad, 
because then you realize everybody else is having a bad shot too, or they'll have a bad, bad hole for that matter. And it's like you, when you first start playing, you're so, you're so focused. If you're used to doing something really well, and then you try this and you realize you're, you're not good at it. Like when I first started uh, whiffing would just like, I would want to just kill somebody because I've you got to be kidding me. How can I just completely miss? But you, you realize that happens to other people too. You know, but the the anger and the disappointment, and the embarrassment is kind of part of all of that. That's that's tied up in wanting to do it right. And you, it's it's everybody has those days. Everybody. <laughs> I mean, Tony Finau just this week. I mean, he didn't really so much lose the tournament as Guy Webb Simpson took it from him. But I mean, you see it at all levels. Nobody escapes what we just talked about. Whether you're the best player in the world or you're the worst. Mm-hmm. It's just part of the game, and I think golf, either people who get it, I mean, they're hooked for life, or it's just not your thing. I can agree with that. I mean, I don't understand those people. But <laughs> <laughs> can't relate. Uh, yeah, I, I can't relate. Like, I don't, right. It's not like I don't want to talk to him, because we have Doc here who doesn't, he doesn't play golf. He's a mini. That's he's not a true. Putt. Him and his son go at it. They go at it, trust me. I've watched. It's just, he doesn't play 29 like on the par three at Firefly. <sighs> did you really? I did. That's very good. You know, I get into <laughs> that's really I'm good. Repeti- that's good. I'm a repetitive athlete, so that's why I can. That's why I was a bowler and, a, and, a, and I'd I play want, more often if you did that. No, but I could also shoot a 45 the next day. But, yeah, that's but fair. when I get on in a rhythm, <laughs> yeah, that's why I won a national th- uh, free throw contest because when oh, I did get you? in a rhythm? Really? How many? What, like really? Per, in in a minute, you shot? No, it was a contest. It was a. It was like a punt, pass, and kick one as a kid, and then I went to the nationals and yeah, and. Uh, that's good. That's huge. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, but yeah, 98 out of 100, I think, is what I had. What? To win it. But what? I had, to, I, had, I had to hit. You know, just 98 out of 100. I, had, I know I had to hit the um, last five in good. a row to win. That's insane. Oh. See, we know this. He's so humble, and that's what drives me nuts with golf. I'm like, if you can do that stuff, and even putt-putt, you can learn the golf swing. Mm-hmm. Right. But then he's like, oh, I got 34 things. I'm like, I'm sorry I told you that. It's really only 32. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not nearly as bad. Right. You wrote that in ink on his brain. You wrote that 34, 34 oh, no, things. bad. I right? still have the text. <laughs> still have the text. Yeah, I'm waiting to spring Doc on some unsuspecting college or high school player, the free throw deal. He's just going to crush him. Well, I haven't shot free we'll throws in a long practicing. time. start practicing. I will say that I beat my teammate who I sponsored. He's only in sixth grade. So <laughs> oh, I, hadn't shot, I hadn't shot free throws at about... 20 years, but, but you got him. But two years ago when I was with my teammate in Lincoln, got get that took, sixth grader. I took the, took him down. Yeah. Take get him, out. him out. One on one yeah. and at the free throw. Yeah. Humble yeah. him just a little get bit. Get him out right? of here. <laughs> he was taller than me. So <laughs> I didn't feel guilty. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, and you guys as performance mountain, you guys are working with the Creighton <coughs> men's basketball team and they're obviously doing very well. I mean, obvi- what, what number yeah. 14, 15, six, what they're ranked. What in the top 20, 20 yeah something yes. like that i don't yeah i, I mean that's, 21 in the ap but 14 in the net right yeah one ranking system yeah i mean that's that's pretty incredible that it is yeah. now okay from what i and i don't follow okay like basketball in particular but i do listen to some things but i know that this year is kind of wonky in the fact that some of the regular teams that are usually at the top of the pile are having really crappy years and and a couple of, i think is they're not even hitting five or at 500 yeah north carolina is trash that's the one yeah, yeah. and it's like how does that happen? Because it's the expectation, and you know that the level is there. You know that the recruiting is good. You know that the coaching is there. What is that switch that got flipped? 
Great question. <laughs> I mean, the coach is listening. And, and, I, and I think, and I think the the toughest thing is, and and you're talking about like North Carolina and some of those teams. It's hard to know if we don't know what's going on. Um, like you have to be in to see like what okay what what's going on with the relationships, what's going on with the coaching, what's going on with the players, player to player relationship, player to coach relationship, uh, coach to supporting staff relationship so it's kind of hard to say like because we're not in that right wouldn't you guys agree just, i mean it just yeah. like caused like almost a one yeah just just watching the game and like even me like people are like hey why doesn't this coach this coach is terrible it's like ah, actually he's a really good coach like when we're talking about the nfl it's like they're like well what's wrong and they're like this is wrong it's like eh, how do you know mm-hmm. like some people that are like oh tom brady's terrible now it's like like how, like really? how, how how do you how do you know yeah and then they start saying well he's washed up and i was like well um who on their team can win in man to man and then like well that, is, that doesn't matter that yeah, does matter matters. Yeah. Matters. it's like that yeah. matters 100 percent. ask patrick mahomes if he had guys that couldn't win man to man do you think he would have won the super bowl no right now so I, I it's it's just it's hard for us to say if we don't know, we can go off of like just, oh, maybe they're not playing hard or something like that. But I think it's tough to so, well, know I mean, unless you're in it. When you guys go into, um, for example, Creighton, I mean, obviously we're, you guys work with Creighton. When you go in and you you kind of analyze the the locker room and the dynamic with the team, how long would it take to turn around a situation where you're like, this is awful, this is a terrible environment, it's a, whatever it is, a culture. How long does it take to turn that around if you can? Well, I would say, I mean, first to explain the process, right? So our methodology is, you know, a hybrid of SEAL team kind of forging combat and what Mm -hmm. I've seen and then honing it through sports, right? And we have people from Doc to Danny, sports background and looking at that and consulting with sports teams. And now we're on to businesses. And so it's like honing. So what's the methodology? Of course, we assess. And I told you guys this before. I mean, we literally just interview and talk to people. We talk to everybody, yeah, right? And we're all using our experience to gain questions that we think are important to leadership, communication, and team dynamics. And then from there, I mean, we work with the team and we diagnose what we see, right? We give feedback to the head person. And then from there, we work with them to design, you know, that's the next step, some ways to combat that, right? To get their culture to where they want and to be optimum. And then we just start on executing on it with either it's us or maybe they have another resource that they can use and apply against it or the coaches or the players themselves. And then that's it. You go with it and you reassess and then you're constantly working on it. But to answer, so that's the methodology. To be honest, two weeks just to get to like that as far as diagnosed. Good job, mister. Way to go, Scott. Way to go, Scotty. That's a radio fell. There you go, Mr. That- Professional. Oh, I've been in radio forever, man. Fired. Was that fired. Siri? Was that Siri, Siri talking to you? Why was she talking yeah. to your pants? <laughs> right. right. Oh. It was in your lap, dude. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, she starts chirping. I'm sorry. I don't know what you're talking about, sir. <laughs> That's awesome, Scott. You don't want yeah. to comment? Yeah, just go in the corner there. So, um, it's all right. It's not your fault. It's just your phone. Hey, <laughs> so we get asked a lot about so culture pissed. turnaround. Here's the thing. Like culture turnaround, the way we look at it is growth, mm. right? So every unique culture and group is different. I mean, some people are able to harness turnarounds fairly quickly. Others, it takes time. Is there an exact time? No, I would tell you. 
Now, is there a timeline where you go, well, that that's taken way too long. Like we've lost it. Maybe we need to re-energize, right? Mm -hmm. But what I would tell you is it shouldn't take too long. Now, in the course of sports seasons, I mean, it depends who you're asking that question Mm -hmm. to, fan bases, coaches. What I will tell you is we're looking for growth. And, of course, in sports, you're trying to line up that growth of individuals in the group to also affect performance in their window, right? So does that always happen? No, right? In business, like I said, maybe it's the financial, so to speak. But ultimately, we're looking at growth given your capability, right? And your where you start, why you do the assessment, and where we can get to on tried and true practices. What we know is if we can get there, right, if we can grow individually, in the mental skills and the way we deal with failure and how we come to practice and all those things, we're going to get better performance. It's just, can we line it up? Um, and I talked that- about it before. I mean, I, my experience just is in my background in SEAL team, if it's not going strong, Jack's opinion, six months, like you should be able to change cultures yeah. in six months, getting it focused and moving forward better than it was before. Remarkably to where you can tell that's okay. me in my background. That seems fair. I have to say some of it has to do with how quickly you get buy-in from the top. Because if the coaches don't buy in, especially at the very top, even though they say they buy in, like they want you to come in and help, but then they're not willing to model the behaviors that you need for your team that you need. Yeah, it makes sense. um, It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen very quick. Or you're fighting it so you can get the team to maybe start to buy in a little bit. But if the coaches aren't the ones that are there every day, they haven't completely bought in and they're showing the way, it doesn't go very well. And that's well. with businesses too, managers, CEOs. Absolutely. If they don't reflect it, then mm-hmm. they're not going to buy. The employees aren't going to buy in. Right. And then if you yeah. can identify, say, even one little thing with a team without going into too much detail with them, but they've talked about it on, on different platforms, that if you can just even identify one value on that team that they have identified that maybe was a barrier from the year before, and the one for Creighton, I would say, that they've been open about was share the ball, be less selfish. And they identified that last year and they talked about it and like I said, radio, TV, newspapers, yeah. that a lot of times they didn't share the ball. They, so somebody didn't necessarily take the best shot. Maybe they were worried about their stats because some of them are trying to go to the NBA. I don't know. But for whatever reason, they were more worried mm-hmm. about uh, maybe their individual. And this year, I think you can tell for sure they are much better at sharing the ball. For They're sure. much better at getting good shots. Yeah. And they talk about that value of being unselfish. So that's a key ingredient. If we can help identify little things like that with them and get them all on the same page, then you can affect some change while they're working on culture because now you've got real tangible things to say. If we just improve this one thing, mm-hmm. the, the outcome is going to take care of itself. That's Because they have to buy in on that too because that's, that's a leap of faith to say, okay, we're going to start. I'm going to start giving it away. <laughs> And then I'm going to get some back, right? You know, because yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I got it, but I want to give it away and you're going to give it back. Yeah. And when we're yeah. new to an organization, any organization, I mean, it takes a while to establish trust, just us mm-hmm. to them and vice versa. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing I like about Creighton and think that is like a performance advantage is their leadership buys in from the top down, 80 on down, and that just permeates. And so it's easier for the young people to see that. And again, there's open communication between all of us and their already support staff, right. That's been working with them for years and then the coaches. And so, you know, we look at tailored solutions that help them, but in the end of the day, they do all the hard work. Do you know what I mean? But so they start with a great structure. And so 
you know, the things they asked us to take a look at, like we're just working a very small piece, but I'm very proud of them that they're growing in the lines we're asking them to from the adults to the kids. And yeah, I obviously I want to see it translate into performance, but ultimately like I don't judge them on that. I don't judge them on the rankings or anything. I just know where I started with them and I see how they're growing and I'm, I'm proud of it. And, but I want it to continue and I also know that it can take hits. Because when I see this stuff, it's not just yeah. about the basketball court. Like you see this for the next three or four years for them, but taking these skills to their next 30 years with their family and and teaching their kids the right way. And if they have the, the proper skills on how to do this stuff, they can teach their kids how to do that. So it's, I mean, obviously if they, they win a lot of games, that's great. But it's becoming a better human. Yeah, really, I think that's ultimately. the hope. I mean, yeah, yeah, we, wanna, we want them to win because <clears> – <throat> if we invest time, we want them to be successful. But Mm -hmm. I think the key thing that Jack always says is growth. Like where are they at? As long as you're growing, we're cool with it. And uh, I think as, as long as people continue growing, we're, we're going to be happy with it. Hopefully wins and losses or wins tell, you know, a little bit, but um, that's not the only thing we're looking at. And we're just a small piece of the, you know, puzzle. We just, if if we can help out in some way, a small percentage, then awesome. I mean, yeah. th- that's what obviously ultimately we would love. Um, but yeah, we're, we're just a small piece, and the the players and the coaches they're the they still have to shoot the ball. Like <laughs> we're, we're not out there <laughs> shooting. Right. They're uh, very talented, and I think it's shown this year. Yeah. I know we've talked a lot. Okay, just sports centric. Because a lot of what you guys come from mm-hmm. is a sports background, but you guys work with other companies as well. Other and, and just kind of a, an overview. You don't have to name names. What kind of companies or sizes of companies are you working with, or 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 problems are you trying to help figure out? Is it the same kind of deal? Yeah, I mean we've worked with uh, companies that are doing several hundred million dollars in sales to you know much smaller companies, but. You know, in the if we're doing an assessment like we talked about with Creighton, it's the exact same thing. You sit down and interview all the key people from the top to the middle people, and even we ask to talk to some people at the kind of front lines to get a feel for what's going on, and you start to identify common themes, things that they're doing really well, some things that they clearly have identified that are barriers or things they need to improve as a company. And um, when we're done with that, you know, we usually put together a nice uh, summary for them identifying what they do well, what they could improve on, and things that maybe they really need to work on. Mm-hmm. And um, But it, it's usually pretty easy because there's lots of common themes that come up when you talk to mm-hmm. 20 or 30 people in an organization. And sometimes it's only about proving, improving one thing. For a company that we worked with, um, you know, we won't say what city, but it was an industry of banking. I mean, it came down to just having the loan side and the banking side be in more alignment and feel like they were not in silos and that they were communicating and connecting. It seems so simple. It seems so simple to fix everything, Mm -hmm. but it was a very difficult challenge over years for them. And it was causing them emotional. I mean, kind of distress. Was it affecting profits? I don't know, maybe, but if you're not working together or you're feeling jealous of maybe one side or the other, and you know that really in a bank, there's a lot of synergy between the loan side and the, the, and the uh, banking side. And, And it's clearly identified by lots of them. And that's our biggest source of frustration. Sometimes it's just about awareness. Now we can say, all right, look what the common theme is here. Now what are we going to do about it? Then, you know, sitting down with our top people, you put together a very individualized plan for that company, some mental skills and mindset training, some communication, maybe discussions on 
how the different generations need to work together, depending on the company. And you kind of tailor the approach, like Jack said, and come up with solutions that, that really aren't that difficult. Yeah. But and at the same time, they haven't been able to solve them either because they right. didn't, didn't talk about it, mostly because it was an unsaid thing, how they like that. They don't talk. They don't no talk about it. And yeah. then they don't, if you don't talk about it, you can't have a solution. Yeah. So I think that's where it's nice to have an outside place come in and do those things so that mm. we can we can say what we've seen. And whether it's a sport team or like we said, a business, it's a, in a lot of ways, it's the same approach. The difference in sport is, and I think what we love about sport as much too, is a lot of times it plays out in a given day or a given week or a given season. And you can sort of measure at times how much you've grown in one area with performance, but it doesn't always track that way. You know, but in business, it's a little harder because one, you're not privy to all the profits and losses and, right. and, and they're often private as they should be with teams. It just kind of plays out in front of public to everybody. And so it's easier to sort of get buy in on, on things, particularly if they change a couple things and they start to see a translation into better performance, even if they aren't winning yet, but they can see that they're doing much better that, um, you know, that can set the stage for greatness. So it's fun, but we, we love the businesses as well too. So a big challenge but yeah. it's fun and i spend a lot of time when i'm up there talking and educating think about it they're all made of people it, it doesn't matter what you're in when once we form up two people we're a group once we get three we our group of dynamics change a little bit so everything is about people and what you find is obviously we love working with young people because as you said all of us are in a way, giving back, and we want to see them be successful in their hopes and dreams. But same with adults who generally, you know, make up the companies. But sometimes as adults, right, we now have more baggage, mm -hmm. right? We have battle scars of life. And so, you know, what Doc's talking about is organizations have friction. It happens all the time. If two people is your organization, you will have friction, and friction can lead to distress. That is not a healthy environment. And so, you know, to answer your question about, you know, well, why or how? Well, it's simple. People. People get messed up. Well, people and, think crazy yeah. things. Well, and, and so and as with a family too. Build people. A, a, a company, a, a team, a family even. If, if there's no communication within a family unit, five, maybe you have a combined family or, you know, five, six, seven kids, whatever, you don't talk, little problems can grow into huge issues. But just communicating and learning. like Because it, it really, when we talked to you, Jack, the first time, it really kind of hit me. It's that, that when, when you guys go in and talk to teams and talk to businesses, it's like, man, you can whittle that all the way down to your dinner table. I mean, it really mm -hmm. is because that, that it's all about communication and it's all about, it is, it's about talking to people. Communication and also being open to learning new ways to do things. Because I yeah. imagine some places you walk into, you get a little pushback because there's some genuine fear and vulnerability because they realize, okay, if I get proven wrong and I've been doing this for... How many years? I mean, am I out? It's a pride thing, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's like sure. I, I'm, I'm not wrong, and and I think the thing with communication. I mean, think about anyone with their spouse. Like you go, however long you're in an argument, and you go a day or a couple of days without talking. Like what happens? You get a little bit more mad, mm -hmm. and yeah, you just build it up. Well, yeah. think about that when it's not just two people, right? Like think of the the big organizations. Well, then you just got everyone mad at each other. And and there's nothing that nothing positive can. It's true. you know it's like nothing positive can happen. And it's then like, you get people mad that don't even know why they're mad. Yeah, it's like <laughs> let's yeah. let's just talk about it. And it's like, hey, you know what, Jack? Like, say if it was our business, say like we were just angry. Like, we we still have stuff that goes on in our text messages where we don't agree. And you know what we do? 
we talk about it. Work it out. Yeah, we work it out because if you want anything to ever go forward, like you have to communicate like, Hey, I didn't, I don't agree with that, Jack, or Hey doc, I don't agree with it. And maybe there's some validity to it. Maybe there's not, but if you don't communicate it, nothing's ever going to be resolved. Yeah. Cause that's and, the next yeah. level, right? Then even if you communicate, even average communicators, then you have the stress hit. The question becomes, is do you shut down at that point or do you figure out a way to resolve conflict? So if you're already not very good at communicating, that's where a lot of times where we come in and we find out they're, they're not very good at baseline. And then when the stress hits, whatever it may be, now we have silence. Nobody right. talks about anything and it builds up and it builds up. And in the end of the day, whether it's business or family, there's only three things you can train, your mind, your body, and your craft. That's it. And you got to train those three in any endeavor. So um, yeah. we look at them very similar, and we look at the family system similar. So, I mean, our part of my why, and I think their why too, especially with young people, is that anything we're talking about in sport, we wouldn't be doing it if we didn't think it helped them in life. So, I mean, our yeah. why is about life. I mean, it's most not about of the, wins and losses. Most it's of the life, kids right? are never going on to play professional at any sport right. of any level. Like we were talking today, Danny's one in a million what he did. Most people aren't going to do it. So at some point their careers are ending, even if they make it to the next level. So do they have the skills now to communicate, to resolve conflict, right? To work together mm-hmm. as a team. Um, you know, can you do those things? Can you stay composed under stress? Yeah. Can you manage your emotions when it matters? You know, because most of us, if we're being honest, we're pretty good when things are going our way. <laughs> right, right, for sure. We're pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but what if we don't get the role we want or we're not promoted mm-hmm. or we're stressed in our life? How do we handle things then? Because that's when oftentimes people don't stay composed. Mm-hmm. And that's when they may have regrets that they said things they wish they wouldn't have said. Or they didn't handle things the way they wish or they, they would have handled it. they wish they would have said. Either way, right? right? I mean, Regrets either way. Either way, yeah. yeah. And so the question is, can you do that? Can you train people well enough when things are going well mm-hmm. so that they can do the same thing when under stress, even if it's a good stress? You're in the final four, that's a good stress. Yeah. yeah. Like, can, you, can you communicate and stay composed and resolve conflict even though there's a lot of pressure going on? So you got to make what? the last five shots. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. Especially if they're all free throws. Right. Like in a free throw. Ninety-eight. What? Well, so, I would say I would say put yourself in the best position to yeah. accomplish that. Yeah. Right. And if it's a team, a lot has to be going right to do that. And then you may have the ability, but your mind's all over the place, and so you're not in the best position to do that. So, what if you're in a situation where you're on a team, or I mean, family? You obviously can't kick your. Th- third oldest child out like you're out <laughs> well, right, you could. can't do that i mean you can <laughs> technically but like it just it, wouldn't go over well no it would not look good in the paper third oldest also known as the youngest yeah. but right whatever but whatever whatever. Whatever. <laughs> whatever i don't whatever it's all the same <laughs> you know we need it's to, all the same yeah whatever we we have we need to communicate after this okay, to work okay, about you know one of our children, <laughs> we'll get children. It so like but if you have a you have a teammate you have somebody in the office that just can't get it just can't communicate can't maybe they're not they're the problem in in the situation if there's a if there is a problem if it's one person can you train that person can you talk to that you know if it's a if it's a family member obviously you have to but if it's somebody in an office on a team like how do you get them to see that side of it i'll give you one example without naming any names or Mm -hmm. a team but we were working with a very high level team where an athlete was very prone to negative interactions with the teammates negative body language negative comments And we came up with a very simple way of training. And it really involved one of us or one of the graduate assistants. The only goal that she had to accomplish between every play 
was to make a high five, some kind of positive contact with the team. High five, eye contact, positive words. If we did that, we got a score of one. If we didn't do something like that between plays, we got a score of zero. And we kept score for every single point for this athlete. And the goal was to get her to positive. Mm -hmm. And not only did she get to positive, but she improved by about 20%. Wow. Oh, really? In good times and bad. So she went from 40% to 60% in winning games and 20% to 38% in losing games. But what we learned was, Mm -hmm. and what she learned was, even though our goal was just to get her to neutral, Mm -hmm. look at the data. Right. All 30 games where you were above 50% positive communication, and it was intentional communication. 33-0. Yeah, that's right? incredible. It's like it, it's so she, what she said was, yeah. when I'm positive, we win. Mm-hmm. So it was a very simple behavioral strategy, not guaranteed to work, but sometimes you have to take it down to that level just to make it that way. And then I think the only other thing I'll say and then let them comment is that, um, and this was in a, an article not too long ago. It's with a, t- a coach that I work with, one of my favorite, Kirsten Bernthal Booth from Creighton. And she got good advice from Coach Pettit once, really good advice. He was the former Husker coach mm-hmm. and ended up being sort of a mentor to her. And he said, you can never let somebody hold you hostage on a team. And there was a time where she had to let go a very top player go. What I will tell you, this was the first year I helped them and it's, Public, I mean, I'm not going to say the name of the person, but the team went from 17 and 14 to 29 and four with the exact same talent, removing a person who maybe was causing dysfunction on the like team. Even if that person is like the best, best. player on the team, best player, 98 out of 100 free maybe throws, the best person's pl- gone. Right. And so the majority late, of people would keep that person. Not immediately. Right. Try to work around right. it. Yeah, I agree. Not immediately. You do try to work on changes. Easy. So, so. You guys are like wanting to throw the hammer at people. Right. Yeah. Cut them. No, we <laughs> got to. Out of here. You got to. <laughs> crap. I feel like you guys are in my mind. Get right. Now get out of here. Radio people, man. Let's get them out of here. Radio's cutthroat. <laughs> right? A little more complicated like in yeah. high school and college. But, but eventually, if they don't change and improve and they will not follow the cultural norms, Gotta go. The danger is, is that a lot of coaches do fear they're not going to cut someone, especially in even some of the more mm-hmm. major sports. All right, I'm going to get rid of my star quarterback. Now we're down to eight and four instead of ten and two. Now the boosters want me fired, and so now people start worrying about what the fans are thinking, the boosters, your administrators. Right. And so you also have to have a good alignment and communication with your administrators. Meaning, if I'm going to remove this person, I've done everything I could. Dotting the I's, mm-hmm. crossing mm-hmm. the T's, and everything I could do to help this person, but they're still harming my culture. So for the benefit of my team, I'm not going to let them hold me hostage. And you want them to have your back yes. when you do that. And then the interesting yes. thing is the three or four times where I've been around teams where they have had to let somebody go that was seen as maybe one of their best players, every one of those teams completely took it up another notch and like how did that happen you just lost some of your major talent yeah and the team got better than ever because it mm. it's yes you have to have a certain amount of talent obviously to win but it's never been the talent around right i'll tell you coach cook's top national title teams and coach tom osborne's teams if you ask them they will say their most talented teams with the exception of the 95 football team were not their most talented teams they certainly had talent mm-hmm. and the great teams but it was the chemistry and the connection and the love and um, the way they related to one another and the yes. trust that they had yeah, which that led sense. those teams to win. It was not the top talent teams. And that's yeah. four, that's seven national titles between those two. And only one of them was their absolute top talent team. They had it all yeah, that's in, interesting. in place. We've seen yeah. it a hundred times. Yeah. You've probably seen it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say, you know, what Doc's kind of, what he's already said is kind of what I learned a little bit from Bill Belichick and, and it's 
don't, don't let someone ruin the whole, you know, don't let one part ruin the whole. And we saw it many times where there'd be someone brought in or whatever that was just one of the biggest names and they just don't cut it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they might, they might be one of the more talented people in the NFL, but if they're going to come in and <clears throat> be a cancer or be just spread like negativity, you're actually turning into a worse team. It doesn't matter how talented you are or talented that person is, you turn into a worse team. So yeah, I mean, were there, what would they do? Yeah, they try to, they do everything to be like, okay, let's, let's abide by these. And these are the standards. We're going to help you with it. But if, if you don't abide by those standards, I mean, they'll, they'll get you a plane ticket back to your home base. And, and that's just, it sucks, but sometimes that's what happens because you don't want one person that you're working on. If, if they're going to try to ruin it, if they don't embrace it and they don't take the, you know, the, the steps, they can ruin a whole, they can ruin a whole team dynamic. And do you think like some people that are really, really good at or, or excel don't really give the credit due to the people and the surroundings that they're, they're working in that took them to that level. They, they take a little more credit than maybe is due for how they excelled. And then oh, yeah. when they're transferred Good into question. a new situation, they think it was all them. And so they come in and they just expect it to just happen. And, and that could be, that could be the case. I mean, new England's a very, I mean, it's known to, you have to, if you're going to play there, you need to be v- v- extremely selfless. Mm-hmm. If you're a selfish player, it's just not going to, it's not going to work because what they believe is you put a bunch of selfless people together that aren't worried about say for me, I'm not worried about how many touches I get or how many touchdowns I get. I need to be worried about winning the game. And it doesn't matter if you win 53 to nothing or you win 16 to 15 against the worst team in the NFL I still remember to this day, we'd go back in the locker room and we beat a trash Buffalo Bills team and everyone was going nuts. And I'm like, what is going on? We just barely beat one of the worst teams in the NFL. Yeah. Well, it's because it doesn't matter. We're going to use everyone we can and it doesn't matter how bad you win, but you go in and win. That's that's the most important thing. And we're not going to let one person drag us down. Now, do they work with people? Like docs, a hundred percent they do. Mm. But I think kind of what you're saying is what do you do with those people? Well, if they don't eventually, if they don't want to get on board, they're probably going to be off the board. Like, can you tell Mm. pretty soon on if, if someone is going to turn around And in my experiences, you could usually, it's pretty evident the people that like want to embrace it and not now there's, there are times where it takes longer and then someone that you didn't expect will embrace it. Um, but you can definitely tell when someone's not buying in. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. it follows, it follows a pattern. I mean, the more you do it, the more you see, but I mean, like anything, you know, and I told you guys, my rule on seal team was three strikes, right? I mean, I had a responsibility to train somebody up in something they were deficient in name, anything, communication, shooting, Mm -hmm. right. And had lots of people around me to help with that. Um, so we'd throw those resources at them and we'd give them a timeline to get fixed, if you will, get, get up to standard and, uh, we'd see how they do. And I mean, if they are, it's over, right? We're moving on. Um, you know, depending on the circumstance, some violations are worse than others, but ultimately, ah, 
screwed up again. Well, more training, more guidance, right? But everybody knew it was like three and you're done, right? Because you've got to get right for the team. Yeah. Um, and so in that personal growth, I mean, like Danny said, I mean, you'll see people start to accept it. Now, how in the case of a business leader, coaches, SEAL officer, how you're going to apply the education and the training to help somebody, you know, you can teach all you want. And if the person hasn't accepted being a student, you're just talking to a wall. Right. And that's where your experience comes in. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so some people may go right from zero to two real quick. Right. Because <laughs> depending and, but you have to let that be known. Right. And I think a lot of people struggle with the standards of growth. Like this is how we do it. Here's what it is. Ooh, you're not so good at it. Well, we've got to train you, but there's a time frame. And so, yeah, if you do things in the public eye, You know, with coaches, I always say it's a balance, right, between helping young people along, their talent, what they could do for you versus wins and losses, right? But here's what I know. When you're trying to change cultures, everything has to be about the culture until it's set, right? So if you have to sacrifice in the midterm, right, names, talent, those things, you best do it because if you don't and the culture gets teeter-tottered, you're going to deal with that issue for a very, very long time. Yeah. And I get that it's a fine balance, but in the end of the day, what Danny's talking about, what I'm talking about, Doc, is that, yeah, when you match up culture, communication, team dynamics with talent, you got your best chance to win, period, end of story. Again, we just look at it on what you're capable of, right, and where you're at and how far we can go in all these things. And that's what everybody's trying to do, but – People get on board, or unfortunately, a lot of people just need to be fired or told this isn't the right place That's for right you. That's the right fit. So when you have a situation, I know you guys work with Coach Osborne a lot, So, the, but this is just an example that popped in my head the first, in like 15 minutes ago. We're talking about Lawrence Phillips with LP mm-hmm. back in the 90s, right? That from the outside, it looked like Coach was keeping him on because he was a, an amazing running back, but we know that he he wanted to help him. You know, he knew he was a good guy, good kid. Um, so when you have somebody like that in your business or on your team that you know is at their heart is a good person and they're you're just trying to keep them on track like does that affect the culture in a locker room in an office when you you think the head the boss is keeping them there See, for okay. one reason versus another reason you you just ticked off something that i was just thinking about too antonio brown popped in my head as, as an example mm-hmm. um, of somebody who was a star on his team and and I'm thinking, okay, as a team, if you have that person and he's he's really rocking the boat for the whole team and, and he's doing outlandish things even before he got traded. Mm-hmm. And 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 the team is winning. And so it's like, what do we do? Because we're winning and he's right. killing me here. This guy is driving us crazy in the locker room and, and everybody's but we're winning. So how do you get that? Because he's like, Hey, I'm doing my thing and and booming. Um, so let me get this straight. You, you would like to, you would like us to comment on on one of the more hot button issues in Nebraska over the last thirty years. Lawrence Phillips, yeah, if that's and fine. Then, and then at least you didn't sure. throw us a Kaepernick okay, in I the NFL. Yeah, right? You just did Antonio Brown. That's the ne- the next hour of our podcast. Yeah. So. yeah. Wow. Just, ahead, in, and, and just, just really in general too. Like if you have somebody that is in a business, a, in a business, in, in a, on a team that is the a <coughs> five star athlete, whatever, but they're creating a, they're a toxic a. culture, <laughs> or there, there's something else going on there, but they're an amazing player performer, whatever it is. Like, how does that affect the culture inside a locker room or in an office? Well, I think that's what I was getting at before about not letting you hold somebody hostage, right? Because if they're a five star, that's destroying culture and chemistry 
and everyone else is feeling it. They're like a two star then. Yes, they're like a two star, but it's point, even yeah. worse because now you feel like the coach is playing favorites. Right. And so some of it comes down to the other piece. So if they're if they are they are a good character person, maybe they're having a stress period, but they're good character and they are following the standards and they're trying to do things right. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have a mental health or addiction problem, but they're following a new plan. Then you know you you keep them on board, but I think everyone's on board and understanding what's happening. The danger is what you said. You know, you take the talented person, and if it was anybody else, they wouldn't be on the team anymore. Because ultimately, those teams rarely ever max out. I mean, the culture almost always precedes the talent, is more important than the talent. So Mm -hmm. I'd get back to what I I said, you know. Is it in the case with LP2, didn't they say that the team took a vote? Um, I don't know. The team, the I team think the team was in alignment there. I mean, they, they worked in. They supported they, him. They supported I think him. they, from what I understood, they supported him. I think they started with the coach, meaning seven or eight weeks. He had several things he had to do every week <clears> and nothing to do with football. Yeah. And maybe he was going to get back on the team, maybe not. But I think everybody understood the situation. This is from what I understood. And coach was trying to make the best decision for a kid in life. You know, if he had gone on to have a very successful life, people would have said, Look sure. what you Brilliant. did. Brilliant. Because, because there, were, ni- there right. were 90 other, 99 other kids out of 100 that Coach Osborne helped save because of the same pattern. Right. Maybe it wasn't as big a And you're not going to have a 100% success rate on anybody. Mm-hmm. And maybe in retrospect, he right. would have said if I had known, obviously. But really, under that structure, Lawrence was great from what I understood the rest of his time there. The problem is he went pro early. As Danny will tell you, he could explain it better, but it's a business. Once he got to the St. Louis Rams, there was no, they were not interested in mental health support for him or giving him what he needed. It was like transactional, what Jack says. Yeah, and they're not interested in you as a person. Right. You you give me lots of yards, I'm happy, but I really don't care about keeping you well, even though it would have served them well to keep him well. And so it didn't take long for somebody like Lawrence without the mental health support and coaches supporting him, adults mentors which he didn't have in his life and this is all what i understand i yeah, didn't know the situation yeah. but yep. he would have he might have been very successful he went off the rails when he was in a business where they no longer really cared about him as a person and when you so, tra- when you transition mm-hmm. and danny when you go from the ncaa to the nfl i mean is there a huge disconnect from caring about somebody as a student athlete and as a person and in the nfl you're a commodity i mean is there a huge yeah i mean you're there to do a job you know, and sometimes that's hard. Um, I understood it. I understood that I was here to do a job and that's, they need me to carry out my job. Otherwise I'm fired. And I understood right. that. I mean, does it make it harder? I don't know if it really makes it harder because I, I had the mindset that I understood what it was. Yeah. You're not going to, your, your coaches in NFL. I mean, I, I still had coaches that cared, but for the most part, like the organization and, you compare that to your college team. Do they care like your college team? No. I mean, there's Shattered State College. They weren't worried about a bottom line. <laughs> yeah, they cared about you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, obviously, yeah. they wanted me to be successful and help mm-hmm. win games. But you get to the – I mean, that's just what it is. The NFL, it's a job. And I, you learn that really, really fast, and you learn that you could be fired really, really fast. Um, so, yeah, I – Professional sports are a different animal, and and it's not so much about care. There's definitely some people, that, there's plenty of coaches that care about their players. But as an organization, I mean, they're going to do what's best for the organization, not what's best for Danny Woodhead. Mm-hmm. If, if, uh, if they cared about Danny Woodhead 
the New York Jets, I would have never been fired. It'd have been like, no, we, we want to continue paying this guy. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> let's continue paying him. Still. Today. But, but, but right. their, their thought yeah. was that firing me would help them be a better team. Yeah. I will say that one coach that we're fond of, at least following the NFL's Pete Carroll from the Seahawks. And I do think he has found a way to do it a bit different than some of the pure business teams where he has found a way to invest in his players and care about them. Now, obviously what Danny's saying, I think if you can't cut it and you're really not able to help the team, it doesn't matter. Eventually it's not going to matter. But at the same time, if you invest in your people and players, maybe you get them to a higher level than they normally would have gotten, or you'd keep them well, like Lawrence Phillips, or you may take somebody who's, struggles a little bit with confidence even at that level and the way you talk to them and the way you focus on their, what they do well, maybe you create a more confident player who's already very talented. And my guess is Pete Carroll gets two or three or four players that other people couldn't get as much out of mm-hmm. and his style through investing in and getting to know them as people and understanding them has made a difference. Now, the bottom line is if he does all those things and you can't contribute to a business, you're going to be gone there. I agree with him there, but I do, I have appreciated watching the team's growth over the last several years and some of the winning years when they've taken uh, male athletes that are 25, 30, 35 who didn't make it on other teams. And somehow he got them to buy into a team concept and make a difference. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I don't know. And you could take somebody that bring them into a culture that's healthy, that's supportive, and maybe take somebody that wouldn't be successful on another team or another office or whatever, bring them in and they could elevate their game a lot. Yeah. If they're a bad apple, it won't take very long. Like you were asking the honeymoon phase will end pretty quick. Yeah. If they really are a low character dude, it won't take very long, even in a healthy culture before they rock the boat because it's about them and it's about their character defects. But if they, just need to be in a more positive culture based on their own wiring or their upbringing or whatever. They, they respond better to off. certain kinds of coaching. Mm-hmm. They may blossom in that kind of setting. But yeah. low character guys, it's not very long before they blow up in the next place. And that's in anything, team, office, yeah. everywhere. Yeah, you everywhere. always want to take this great talent. You're like, yeah. we have enough talent. Another team will pick them up. And they do. And it's not very long, very time, usually where you're like, oh, yeah. They failed. And in right. the business world, you're like, yeah, top seller over here. Why did he move to over to this real estate company? Yeah. It's a top seller for a while, but he destroys chemistry out the door because yep. you, you destroy all the other people. So even though maybe they increase, you know, they brought in a couple hundred thousand dollars extra, yeah. the others all brought in a half a million dollars less because it destroyed the, the yeah. cohesiveness and And on the and outside culture. looking right. in, the other guys are thinking, so, oh, you know what? I bet, oh. I bet we could, we'd know how to handle him. Yes. We'll hire him. And if, so then that's how they get hired. If you're talented enough. <laughs> If you're talented enough, a lot of people yeah. will keep giving you a chance, and you're like, oh, that's not going to work. Just like in a relationship, if you're hot yeah. enough, the other person will be like, I can fix her. I can fix him. You I know, can fix him. And you I, I got to a point where I was in charge of recruiting doctors uh, for the hospital where if they had more than two jobs in five years, yeah. they ripped up their resume, and the administration go, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm not smart enough to know which one has been divorced three times because maybe they got married. I'm just, you yeah. Know, yeah. they got married two young ones and the second one, you know, they cheated on them. And usually if somebody's had two jobs in the last few years and they're trying to come here, it's going to be a year before we see why they've left their last two jobs. I said, I'm not smart enough to figure out which ones have been divorced three times because they're really unique circumstances and which ones are about ready to get divorced for a fourth time. Right. Yeah. Cause one of them is the common, is the common denominator and the other one had things happen right. to them. Right, so you don't know. <laughs> so yeah. I would say if I was then in charge of a football team, 
helping mm-hmm. them with personnel. And I'd say that person's been on two or three teams in the last few years. Mm. They can run a four three forty, and you yeah. know, had a thousand yards last year. I'd still rip it up, and they'd go, "What are you doing?" Yeah, like not worth it. Not worth it. I don't yeah. know. I'm, it I can't sense. predict their behaviors, but it, I, I see a pattern, and the pattern tells me it's more likely that it's their own pattern versus a very unique situation that could really have been happened. The, exactly. But, but I'm not smart enough to figure that out. So, Outcomes razor. I always say, you know, right? misery loves company. So, <laughs> I mean, if you're a miserable drudge of a human being in group dynamics, it nothing's going to help. Yeah. However, there's people that through life circumstance or whatever, sometimes, yeah, new cultures help out, right? Or the other culture is a better fit and there's leaders that are willing to do yeah. different things. But, you know... It's a it's a two party thing. Like you have to accept that I've got some shortcomings and I've got to work on them, and the culture or the leaders have to also accept that it's part of their charge to help you grow, right? And the uh, the young athlete one is always a difficult dynamic because um, everybody's coming with a different set of skill sets outside of the sport, mm-hmm. just based on how they were raised. Um, yes, you want to be highly competitive. Oftentimes, sports is a great teacher. That's why we like working in it. Um, but oftentimes we miscalculate because of analytics and numbers mm-hmm. over culture, over those things. And um, a lot of people struggle with that. I was fortunate enough to be in a career path where that's the absolute first thing we take out, which is we don't need any talent and everything's about the team. So if you can't understand that from day one, you just didn't join my job. And I've seen it work time and time again that team culture, you know, beats everything else all the time when the chips are down meaning gives us the best chance to succeed. And obviously, if you get the talent right and you get that stuff going, I mean, you have the best chance to not only be the best in your entire sector, but optimize what your talents and capabilities are. It's endless. But a lot of times people fall short chasing that dynamic, right, of Mm -hmm. that balance. And I'm about, at least for me, I'm all about team guys and culture guys and we'll build you into what else we need, right? We'll we'll fit you into a position mm-hmm. yeah. that works, yeah. and we'll build you. And uh, yeah, but it's a it's a full time job. Yeah, that's true. Good stuff. And you guys do this for how do yeah. well, I mean, people want more information? I mean, we how do they get more information on your company? What you do? How they can contact you? Call Scott's house. What do they do? <laughs> well, first of Scott's all, we'd house. like if you would Scott's TP house. Scott's house. Sure. <laughs> In Boston. Just because it'd be cool. Uh, it'd just be cool. Yeah. That's, well, the, that's the first sign. Um, the other one is, is if your institution is like burning down or something, you can't dial 911, but we can usually see it and we're around. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> do you guys ever do like just uh, just in general seminars just to kind of explain what it is that you do? You know, the people invite some people to come like leaders mm-hmm. and companies. Or yeah, like an exploratory. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We go out and about to different groups and, and explain our philosophy and kind of what our offerings are. At the same time, we also tailor them. But yeah, performancemountain.com, right? There's tons of information on there and you can sift through our history and kind of what our stock offerings are. And then info at performancemountain.com for an email. And then from there, given on what given what you're asking, right, we'll send you out information. And then from there, it's about starting a dialogue. As you can imagine, like we're a dialogue company. Like we want to figure out yeah. if you're a fit for us and we're a fit for you because we're not going to come in and sell something that's not in our capability. And so that takes a little upfront work. Mm -hmm. And um, from there, I mean, whether it be high school sports up to any level of sports to businesses, Mm -hmm. I mean, we'll give it a shot. I mean, before we even begin, there has to be alignment Mm -hmm. and there has to be buy-in from the leaders. 
right? Right, and a willingness to change. Whether we'll have the answers or not, I know that we'll give our best shot based on our backgrounds. We've been fortunate, I think, to have some success in different areas. Um, but that's how you find us, and and from there, hopefully, we start a relationship, and hopefully, it lasts for a very, very long time. So about any group of people. Any group of people. Oh, really? We work with people. Skills, I mean, right? yeah. I'm still line. waiting for yeah. a China, a China. you know, I want to get oh, a boy. contract in China. Well, not till that. So I can not have yet. disease. What's that disease that goes oh, yeah. away? That yeah. Corona? Corona. Let that pass. Let's let that go, and then we'll, yeah. you guys can get in there. Corona. Yeah, yeah I mean, our, at the end of the day, <laughs> if I had to say it in like one phrase, we our goal is to put people in a position to max out when it matters the most. That's it. That's yeah, it. that's a great. That's Boom. That's great. Because if you can't do it when it matters, what's the point? Yeah. Great point. That, that's right back great... to golf again. Here yeah. we go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's talk more about golf. Yeah, I would love... <laughs> Danny. Whoa. Golf. Golf. Whoa. Whoa. That woke him oh. up. Okay. He's like, huh? <laughs> we got Doc's book coming out pretty soon. We're excited about that. He's What's your a, book? He's What's... book? Well, I'm working on it. It's I, I got the draft come done. And so, yeah, it's going to be called, uh, I think, unless somebody changes, it's going to be called Max Out okay. when it matters the most. And then it'll be the, the 16 powers that help you in business, sport, and life because every chapter is organized by a different power. power. Awesome. Yeah. So that's, that's our goal. It's a lot and of when, it's when, about. When, when do you think? It's going to be out soon? Well, um, it'll be out within the year. It's just a matter of how quickly, depending on the route we go. But the yeah. book right. is finally it's done. written. Now it's just the next stage of getting it cleaned up. And well, yeah, so we're that's excited awesome. about it because it's a lot of our teachings, to be honest with you, Jack and I's teaching and now Danny on board. And Let me life. tell you about another podcast. <laughs> Doc is going to have max out mindset coming out. Yeah. I was just going to well. ask you about, I was just going to so say, is there going to be a podcast? Yes. yes. So Doc will have a podcast. Good. It will, it's, it will be called max out mindset. Do we want to talk about how it's going to start out? I don't really want to talk about Doc anymore. What I want to say is, have you gone to the dark side of elite.com? My podcast, Commander Jack Riggins. Yeah, we really need if to talk about If you want to understand that. crazy and therapy, come to my podcast. He doesn't need any help. But the truth is, what's neat about this is we actually, between Doc's, Danny, this whole dynamic is, hey, listen, we're giving you into view of who we are. We're talking. We're out there as a, individuals in our own mediums and within the company. Because, listen. It, you you want to go, oh, those guys are great, or Jack was a Navy SEAL, he's elite, Danny's elite. Yeah. We're good at working with people. We're great teammates. We're I pretty like good about, followers. That's what we do. We yeah. enhance people. Yeah. I like about the podcast, though, is the dark side of elite. Is that something people don't think, consider? It's a sacrifice that goes into mm-hmm. there's always a co- There's a cost in everything, and everything. I've learned that from Jack. Yeah. There's a cost in anything you do to strive to be great. It depends mm-hmm. on how much you're willing to spend, right? Yeah. I mean, it really, you have Some to people pay. get up in the middle of the night and can't make it to the bathroom because right, so they've they got to practice their golf. Yeah, swing. I know. I've even heard about them. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God you have a mirror in between <laughs> rooms. We don't know what he has. But, but, we, but we, it's funny because Jack and I, like, like uh, yes, there's times that it's very frustrating. But like, I don't see that as a dark side. I see that as like, that's awesome that I am that passionate. How about many something. times yeah. have you placed the carpet in your bedroom? Uh, well, from your golf clubs. What? Well, there's no what? reason to replace it because I already have. It's already like <laughs> significantly <laughs> carpet divots. Hey, well, it's, <laughs> it needs to get a green it's, pad. It's ruined. <laughs> what? It, yeah. Really? Like, so yeah, there's, there's no. There's the, no it's funny you walk there. you walk through Zero the you walk obsession. through the bedroom <laughs> no and it's obsessions. like carpet carpet oh. carpet. Holy crap, that's really <laughs> soft carpet, <laughs> and it's because 
you, I was just fluffing the, it. The so pile I was just shredded. I have, to, I have to go around the whole house <laughs> now and just fluff the carpet. There you go. So yeah, that's it'll take time, but yeah. I can do it. Somebody thinks this so, tigers so purring. It's tough. <laughs> tough Over deal. the years, several <laughs> offense or defensive linemen have talked to me about you know doing foot movement and hand placement, you know, in their dorm rooms or wherever. And then I run into Danny, and Danny is running routes step by step in his house. Yeah. And his kids, go ahead and take the story. Yeah. So Danny. my. This, my wife is all, she's always like, cause I, I would, I would do it often too. When like I had like injuries or like, I just didn't feel hundred percent healthy. So I would test in my house to be like, Oh, I can do it in the game, which is not even close to <laughs> speak. I mean, not even close. It's the dumbest thing. Like who's like, who's defending you? Right. Socks yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. So my, no, my wife's not defending me at all. She's like, stop acting crazy. Right. <laughs> so there was one time I was, I was running routes in my bedroom upstairs um, that's the week word. of the game. I, I've and, never heard that sentence and, in my entire and life. And my daughter, who was probably, I don't know, three or four at the time, she goes, dad's doing it again. <laughs> and then I hear my wife go, Danny, stop it. And I'm like, usually, I'm like, like, who's on my team? Usually the kids are running around Danny, upstairs stop. and the parents are going, Stop running around up there. Yeah, but it's it's the wife That's to the husband. Danny in a nutshell. Yes, right, right there. It is. You don't need to know anything else about Danny. Well, the funniest thing is also when I'm swing like because it's relatively close to our bed. And my wife will, my wife will be getting ready to get into bed and I'll be swinging the golf club and she'll go, "Can you just stop it?" <laughs> Like, I just, I want to go to bed. I was like, well, you can walk past me and you can go to bed and I can continue swinging the golf club. <laughs> or when the kids are running around, the kids know, don't go by dad when he has a golf club in his hand. Could like, I don't want to hit them. Right. hundred percent. You and know, it would like, totally be their fault if they got in your totally swing. Right. Like, they know. Right. The, the, you have to educate them. Totally. As long as you educate them, you're fine. They know. So that's, that's my life. I mean, that's. Stop swinging the golf club in the bedroom. <laughs> Dad's doing it again. Dad's doing that's it again. The, that's got to be the name of it right there. Dad's yeah. doing it Dad's again. Dad's doing it again. You guys are awesome. Thanks for taking so much time <laughs> to hang out with us. us. Yeah. Bet. We appreciate it very much. Um, and Scotty, thanks for bringing this all together. I appreciate okay, it. Okay, so all the information again, people to get a hold of you guys. Do it, Scotty. Well, hopefully it's in the show notes. Uh, it will be. PerformanceMountain.com. You can find all of our information on there, info at PerformanceMountain.com. We also would highly suggest that you follow us on the social webs. We are at Performance Mountain on Instagram and Twitter, and we have a Facebook group that you can join, and we will accept you just because you're cool. There you go. Right. Thanks. Yeah, guys. but I want to say because we're old school, mm-hmm. we also have a one eight hundred number. Yes, what do. is it? <laughs> really? They have one eight hundred six six eight. Five six five five. Nice. That's it. Who answers That's that? That's such a weird way to say it. <laughs> right. Five well, six. No one's five, ever. Five. No one's ever. I just them. never. Just, whoa. No one's ever. I just want to be on the radio. <laughs> like I know we're on forward, a podcast. Does that forward to your phone? That goes to Scott yeah. first, and yeah. if he's lazy, I pick it up. <laughs> yeah. And then India, if you guys are both talking, our business right, is awesome. Right, yeah. and I mean, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, performance mountain on secure line, <laughs> <laughs> on a secure line. Uh, and then also look out for Max Out Mindset. We'll let you know about. We'll get you on, and then Dark Side of Elite. Give your facts. Dot com, and hopefully, <laughs> ho- we're working on Danny. <laughs> we're working on Danny. We're working on Danny. Danny's like, get his podcast. Now. Yes. Okay. What's your? Yeah, you got it. Whatever. Yeah, I already know what we should call it, but we're not going there. Yeah, we're not okay. going there yet. No. Okay. Okay. No. All just right, call. Guys. Just call. It Dad's doing it again. Yeah. <laughs> that also. Thanks, that guys. Also. Come Thanks, on, guys. Scott. Oh my Wait, God. Is it his phone what? again? 
Performance Mountain. Hello. <laughs> 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 Did you call the 800 number? Hi, Scott. Hi, my name's Dr. Larry Whitman. Hello. If you guys want to win in life, <laughs> call the right people. Oh Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Pat and JT Podcast. A Parkville.